0: Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You say amen to that. No one comes to the Father except through God. Now turn over to John chapter 1, if you would. Man, I love John chapter 1. It is just the most beautiful expression of Jesus Christ and his time here on earth John 1 Let's read verse 29 first the next day. John John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said look the Lamb of God Who takes away the sin of the world? Now let's go to verse 18. I'm in 14 in chapter 1 It says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us We have seen his glory the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth And is in closest relationship with the Father, He has made Him known. Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, for the privilege that I have once again to stand here and bring your word. And I just ask for a great anointing over this place today, that I would speak today not from my mind or wisdom, but from the Holy Spirit of the living God. For I don't have any faith in me, God, but I have faith in you who live in me. And I pray, Lord, that the ears that are here today and the hearts would receive. Father, I pray that you touch the people that are here, God, by this word, Lord, that we will have a greater depth of love and hunger for Jesus. I thank you for it. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen and amen. Let me ask you a question. Why church? I mean, why are you ever wonder why church? Do we all just like to get together and kind of go through a ceremony or something like that? It's, it's easy to get distracted and lose sight of the true why of church and of course the true why is it's all about jesus But we can get distracted very easily You know, we can kind of get focused in the natural because there's a realm of church that is in the natural uh, There's a part of church that uh, you know, there's a, there's service times and places you go and there's positions and jobs to do and Budgets to fill and all of that kind of stuff and you know, even doing ministry out in the street There are, there's a natural side of things and those are all good and, and wonderful but you know, we can gets focused on that side of things and lose sight of what church is really all about. It's easy to get distracted. You know, it says here in John chapter 1 that the law came through Moses, right? And the law is the, and I want you to listen to this, the law is the defining culmination of mankind and God having a relationship based upon our works. Do you understand that? It is the the absolute pinnacle of this is how you're supposed to behave yourself. And if you behave yourself this way, then you will prove yourself righteous and holy and deserve to have a relationship with God. And the problem with that is, is that no one has ever been able to do it. Not you, not me, not Adam, not Eve, not anybody else except for Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, if we had to do the right things at all times in order to receive God, we'd be in bad shape, wouldn't we? And yet we try, and we try, and we tried, and that's what's happened over the years. And so God finally told Moses, hey, go up on this mountain, and I'm going to put some laws on some tablets, and then I'll follow up with some more rules and regulations, and I'm doing this for one reason. The law was given to us to show us that we could never be holy enough. Can I tell you something? The Ten Commandments were to show you that you can never be holy enough. Now, when we read in the law, we see all of the law, we see things like thou shalt not lie, right? And we know that's a good thing, and we're supposed to follow that. But the truth is, we've already broken it. Come on, if you tell me you haven't lied, then you're lying to me now, right? That's right. That's right. The truth is, we have disobeyed and dishonored our parents. The truth is, we have loved other things more than we've loved God. The truth is, we've already broken the law. You see, the law wasn't given so that you could follow it and become righteous. The law was given so that you could get to the end of you trying to be good enough. And you could finally realize that you needed to cry out to God. And I tell you what, the world has come to, and each person has to come to a point where they realize that you can't do it on your own. You're not good enough. Just because you put a suit on a Sunday morning and you show up to church and you say all the things that you're supposed to say and you sing all the songs doesn't mean you're right with God. And a lot of people think, you know, if I do more good things than bad things, then that means I'm probably right with God. But it doesn't work that way either. That the moment we have failed on the outside, the moment that we have uh, done the wrong thing, we have messed up our relationship in that old covenant. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, doesn't it? The wages of sin is death. Now, there's no way to fix ourselves. There's no way to redeem ourselves. Now, think of a world that has tried to be righteous on their own, tried to do what's right in their own eyes, tried everything within their power, got into religion... You know what religion is? It's a modern day way of obeying the law. Religion is if you do these certain things and you live up to this certain level that you must really be righteous. That boy, if if you do this sin, boy, I don't know, you're probably not saved. But if you do this sin over here, well, that's not really as bad as that sin over there. That's religion. That's the spirit telling you that you're a little bit better than those other people over there. How many times have you thought to yourself, well, you know, I might do this, but at least I don't do that over there. That's the spirit of religion. You trying to be good enough to say, you know what, my actions really prove my righteousness. But that's not what the new covenant is about. If you want to live according to your actions, then you've got to go all the way back to the law. And the law has already found you guilty. Are you with me today? Imagine a world that had tried in its own power to do what's right and then reached a place where they realized we could never save ourselves. The law was designed to bring you to a point where you fell on your knees and you said, God, I've tried fixing myself. I've tried going to church. I've tried singing the songs. I've tried changing everything and nothing has worked. I am completely lost and undone without you. Would you please do something for me? Oh, and when the world reaches that place, and when mankind reaches that place, God has made a promise. You see, God promised a Savior. Can you say praise God? A Savior, a Savior who would come, and he would save the people from their sins. And and the night that Jesus was born, the angels came, and they said, I bring glad tidings of great joy, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, not a pastor, not another king, not another president, but a Savior, Christ the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's all about Jesus. You want to know why we're here today? We're here today to do what John the Baptist is proclaim: "Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world." Now you ought to give him a big, loud hand of praise for that. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Behold, the Lamb of God. You know, the past year or so, I've been—I have a relationship with God. Do you know that? And I talk to God, and he talks to me. And he's not done working on me. And over the last year or two, I've been trying to focus my messages on talking about Jesus. And so I I began starting to, like, how do you describe Jesus? And talking about the attributes and the character and the mission of Jesus. Jesus. And, and, and I'm going to continue to do that. But it became frustrating to me. You know why? Because how do you put in a three-point sermon the Son of the living God? How do, you, how do you describe the mystery that is Jesus? How do you describe something that's indescribable? How do you measure something that's immeasurable? How do you stand before anybody and say, okay, I'm going to teach you about Jesus? And you know what the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me? He's been telling me to tell you this. Just search for the mystery. Search for the indescribable. Go after what you will never understand in your own human mind. You can't wrap yourself around who Jesus is, but if you just go after him and search for him, he will unfold himself to you at a time and in a way that you need him. Amen? It is part of the beauty of Jesus that he's bigger than all of us. That his his mission, his mind, his heart was so powerful, so much more than you and I could ever know that we could never put him into words in a sermon. We could never teach him in a class. We could never describe him completely in a song. I came here today to behold the Lamb of God, to proclaim Jesus, the Son of the living God, as indescribable, unimaginable, immeasurable, the Mighty One wonderful God who can do more in your life than you ever dreamed possible what a powerful wonderful amazing God you see the reason Jesus came is because he refused to leave us stuck in a covenant where there was no hope an ineffective it could not get the job done the old covenant couldn't save your soul the Bible says that the covenant that is in the Old Testament never saved one single person not one It was ineffective because we didn't abide by it. That God refused to leave us in a situation where we were lost and undone and without hope. So he sent a savior. He sent a king. He sent his son. Amen. He sent his son into this world to do a mighty work and to to change the world. And I want to share just a little bit about Jesus Christ today. Jesus saves the lost. Joseph talked about that youth rally where he gave his life to the Lord one hundred percent and it changed who he was I'm gonna tell you I still remember the day as a young man when we came home from church and the Holy Spirit was moving at times in our church and you know I was playing the guitar and I wasn't really serving God though I I hadn't been saved yet and so uh, We went home and the Holy Spirit had just been just tugging at my heart. And I didn't want to let go. And one of the reasons I didn't want to let go is because I knew that I could never live like those people at church that looked so right and so religious and so good. And I could never be them. And it always kept me from going ahead and just jumping in with Christ but I remember, I, I, we went home, we pulled in the driveway, we got out of the car and got the kids in the car and then, and then in the house. And I came back to the car to get something. And when I did, I sat in that driver's seat and the Holy Spirit just came over and just overwhelmed me with his presence and his love. I've never felt anything like that. And I'll never forget what he said to me that day. He said, Mylon, don't worry about it. I will live it for you. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. And can I tell you, I've learned that it's not the amount of mistakes that you make that matters. The new covenant doesn't measure your actions. You're not more righteous because you do good, and you're not less righteous because you do bad. It's not based on your actions, amen. It's based on your faith in Christ. And what I found is that Jesus actually gets inside of you. And any good thing you ever seen me do was not me. It was Jesus inside of me, and he changed my life. Can I tell you something? Jesus still saves today. Hallelujah. To those who are lost, who tried to go their own way, to those who have uh, uh, pursued uh, the things of the world, they pursued money and and people and sex and, and priorities and drugs and alcohol, and all of it has left you empty. I came to tell you today that Jesus still saves. Hallelujah. Not only does he save, but he doesn't leave you like that. Jesus not only saves lives, but he puts them back together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to his name. You know, you have a, a master artist that can make a mosaic. They take things that have been broken, and they make something even more beautiful out of it. Amen? And that's just like God. I know that some of you today think, you know, I've got too much in the past. God can't do a lot with me. And some of you think I've got too many faults and failures and and, and God can't do much with me. But I came to tell you today that God is looking for people just like you. You are the kind of people that if you would give your life to him, just bring it all to him. Lay it all before him, all the failures, faults, all the mistakes you've made, all of the things that you know, some of us know we're going to screw up today. Come on, are you with me? If you would just bring that to God and just say, God, I'm giving you 100% of my life. Everything that I am, I'm laying at your feet. Can I tell you that Jesus is the one who puts lives back together, and he builds them stronger than they've ever been before, and he does something spectacular in lives that no one expected something spectacular to happen in. Amen? I always tell the story this way. You know, if you had a If you had a master painter that painted a beautiful picture, he had all of the brand new canvas, brand new, most expensive brushes and paints, and he painted a beautiful picture, you'd be in awe of that picture. Wow, how beautiful that is. How wonderful that is. But if the master painter took an old rag and some dried up paints that were no good and he took a stick and he and somehow he took those elements and he painted a beautiful picture you wouldn't so much be in awe of the picture but you'd be in awe of the master can I tell you there's an excellent treasure that lies in you because God wants to use our life to show the world how wonderful he is amen he can take someone like you and pick you up and do something with your life that you never dreamed possible I stand here today before you Not because I did the right things or I studied hard, but because at one point in my life I said, God, I'm laying it all out before you. If you would just come into my heart, if you would just come into my life and do what you want in me. Hallelujah. He still saves. He still mends broken lives. And he still fills people with the spirit of the living God. You know, some Christians, you know why you're having a hard time walking the Christian life? It's because you need the Spirit to fill you. You can't do it on your own. You need the Holy Spirit within you. Part of salvation is that the the living God gets inside of you, amen? Jesus said this, I'm going away, but don't worry. Because I'm going to the Father's right hand, but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And He's going to abide with you. He'll be with you, and He'll live in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes in my life I can, I. <laughs> sometimes I just say out loud, "Man, I'm in the flesh today." Yeah. Come on, anybody with me? Yeah. Boy, I'm just walking in the natural today. I let the I let the bills bother me. I let the driver who cut in front of me. I was driving the other day, and I don't know what this guy was mad at. He tried to run me off the road, and he he waved that one finger at me, and and uh, I just kept singing. <laughs> uh, I don't know what his problem was, but you know, part of me wanted to pull over and uh, (laughs) let's have it out, dude, right here, right now. There's some times where I just, you know, I'm in the flesh, right? I'm just functioning in the natural. And that's really me. But there are some times when I love people without bounds, without borders. Sometimes when I look at the money I have and I don't think about what I could buy myself, but I think about how I could love on somebody else. There's sometimes when I want to give up stuff. Instead of get more stuff. There's sometimes when I just can't wait to call somebody and say something kind to them. There's sometimes when I just can't wait to pray, get into the Word. It's in those times that I'm in the Spirit. It's in those times that God gets bigger than me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus came to fill you with the Spirit. John said, look, I'm going to baptize you with water. It's ceremonial. The water's not going to do anything for you. He's going to come, and he's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. The one that comes after me is Jesus, the Lamb of God, and he's going to fill you with the Spirit. The difference is the water does something on the outside of you, but the Spirit's going to get inside of you. And he's going to empower you to live the life that you've always wanted to live. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus still fills people with the Holy Spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. He still changes people's lives. I remember the youth rally I went to and there was a a guy named Sam that preached the gospel there. And I don't remember what he preached about. It was something about cows and sheep. That's all I remember. Cows and sheeps. And he invited people to come forward, young people to come and be filled with the Holy Spirit of the living God. And I reluctantly, as a shy young man, went up there and kind of huddled in the back. But can I tell you, it didn't take long for the Holy Spirit to come over my life. And I felt him getting inside of my spirit and I began to speak in an unknown tongue. And it wasn't long after that that I heard the call of God. My life changed. My abilities increased. Hallelujah. God began to use me in greater ways and I'm telling you I'm not perfect but the reason I stand before you today is because Jesus still fills people with the spirit of the living God. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. He doesn't save you to just sit you out there on your own and in your own power, try to live for God. He puts a spirit in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He still saves. He still puts lives back together. He still fills people, and he still sends people. Now, this is where the rubber meets the road, folks. Because the Great Commission doesn't say, come into the house and hang out with the crew. It says, Go. And when the disciples couldn't catch any fish, Jesus said this, launch out into the deep. Jesus wants to send us. The reason that he saved you is because he loves you. He wants you to be a part of his family. He filled you so that you could begin to walk out the life he wants for you. He put your life back together so that you could get beyond some of those things that have been dragging you down because he loves you. But all of it brings us to this. You see, if page one is Christ changing me because he loves me, page two is me loving Christ so I love the world. Hallelujah. At some point, it's got to stop being about me and start being about the people out there that I see every day. He wants to send us out into our worlds. Can I tell you this? You are a missionary. Some of you are thinking, hold on now, Pastor. I am not going to Africa. What if I said Hawaii? Would you be a missionary to Hawaii? Huh? What if I said Round Rock? Would you be a missionary to Round Rock? What if I said a missionary to the place that you work, Dell Computers or, or First Texas Bank or wherever? What if I said you're a missionary to the street you live on? What if I said you're a missionary to the family that you're in and the friends that God put around you? I came to tell you that God wants to send you as a missionary into your world. Your world is your mission field. And today in 2018, right here in the city of Austin, God put us together as a family and mission right here in Austin, Texas, to win this city for Jesus Christ, to share our love, to defeat the enemy and do great things for him. God has called us to do amazing, wonderful things. He wants us to go into all the world. And I tell you what, we've got plans, amen. And we've been working some of them over the last few years and trying to get the mindset of going out into the world, into our world, praying in our homes. To some Christians, praying in your home with your family is a novel idea, and it shouldn't be. Praying for somebody at work or talking about Jesus. Hallelujah. We should talk about Jesus every chance we get, amen. Because it's not really talking about the church, you know, some people like to brag about our church is great. Our pastor preaches great. You know, we got great this and we got great that. Can I tell you, I've seen people that come to church and they brag about the church And they're just in love with the church and you think that they were never going to leave and three months later they're bored with my preaching and they're bored with everything and they just move on and go the other way. Can I tell you, it is not us that draws people. Jesus said, if I, if I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. We ought to be talking about Jesus so we're drawing people into the kingdom. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. He wants to send us to do his work and his will. You see, if we're all about Jesus, we're all about the things that he was about. He came to do his Father's will. Well, that's hard to hear in the Western world church today. Because I got my own plans. I got what I want to do. I got the car I want to drive, the house I want to live in, the church I want to go to. I got the things, the ministry I want to do i got the ideas on how I want to spend the money. I've got my own plan, and God, I want you to really bless my plan. I want you to come along, and I want you to just bless my ideas and everything. But you know what? When you pursue your own life, the Bible says you lose it. But if you give your life up for the sake of Christ, that's when you find it. Your life is not in getting more money, having more stuff, going on more vacations. Your life is not found in those things. Your life is found in giving your life to Christ. Amen? Your life is found in being a part of the Father's will. When Jesus came, he wanted to be a part of the Father's will. And listen, there are times in our lives when God's will does not match my own. Can I just tell you, y'all are with me today? Come on. Let me hear you. There are times in your life when you want to do this, you want to go left, and the Holy Spirit says, no, we're going right. Come on. And now you've got a choice to make. And it is in those moments that we decide life is either about me or it's about the Father's will. It's either about me getting what I want or it's about me saying, Lord, I got my ideas, I got my desires, I got my dreams and hopes, but I lay all of that down so that I can pick up my Father's will. I want to do what He wants me to do. I want to be who He wants me to be. Amen. The end of my life, I don't want to look back and say, I pleased myself, or I pleased my wife, or I pleased my kids, or I pleased my church. I want to stand before God and hear Him say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus came to do the Father's will, and He came to destroy evil. He came to destroy evil in the world. You know, we think we're such an evolved civilization. We're so smart, so wise. We've got all of these cures for diseases. We look back in the past and we think, man, they really didn't have what we have today. But the truth is, there's still as much evil in the world as there's ever been. There's still as much hatred. Turn on the news. People are still killing other people. People are still hating other people. People are picking political sides and hating the other. And can I just, let me take a shortcut right here and just, let me go off the the track and just tell you something. If you're on a political side that you find yourself hating the other side, there's something wrong with your faith and you need to get back to God. Get off of Twitter, Facebook, get off the news, whatever it takes, and stop hating on people because God didn't send us to hate people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't get sucked in. The solution to the world is not a political party. It's all about Jesus. Hallelujah. There's so much evil in the world. and Sometimes you can look at it and you can think to yourself, how in the world can we make an impact? And I want to tell you today that you are spiritual superheroes. Amen? That God put his spirit in you, not that so that you could just survive what's going around you, so that you could change what's going around you. We're, we're people of faith that we're not victims of what happens to us. The world is a victim of what we proclaim, amen? And we go into our job situations and we pray and we proclaim and we act a certain way, and the Holy Spirit of the living God changes our job situation. We go into a community. And we are not subject to what that community is doing. No, that community is subject to us because we are the children of the living God. And we pray and we have faith and we proclaim what will be, amen. You and I are calling things that are not as though they were, hallelujah. And we can change the world. We can destroy evil with love. We can we can reach out to those who are hopeless. Right now, the devil is whispering in someone's ears, you're never going to get off of alcohol. You're never going to get free from that stuff. You might as well put a gun to your head and end it all right now. The devil is whispering that to someone right now. You know who the voice of God is? It's you. It's you. You're the one who's supposed to call them up and let the Holy Spirit guide you and say, I just called to tell you that God's got something good for you. There's still value in your life. And that if you just pray and trust him and hang Hang on. Good things are going to happen. You and I have power in this world. Hallelujah. That's why we're here. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus came for the Father's will to destroy evil and to save the world. I'm going to get a little doctrinal, but it's good that you understand this. A human being is made up of spirit, soul, and body. Three parts. The spirit is the part of you that is most like God. God is spirit. And The soul part of you is like your personality, who you are on the inside as an individual, your personality, your emotions. And your body, of course, is your body, your physical presence. And when we're saved, the Bible says all things become new. And there's there's a new creation. And when you become saved, you become a child of God. In other words, your spirit is instantaneously sanctified, made clean forever, perfectly clean in Christ. But we know that our soul is is not sanctified yet it's not perfected yet we know our bodies are not some of you got up and you looked in the mirror and you know your body is not perfect yet some of you worked here yesterday and by the time we were done you know that your body is not perfected yet there are still more change to come for the child of God in fact the Bible says that our souls will be changed when we see him face to face for then we shall be like him until then we've got to get control of our emotions We've got to renew our mind, amen, because it's the part of us that's still broken, still prone to make mistakes, and we've got to take care of our bodies, right, because our bodies are not perfect, amen. I know I'm looking pretty good today, but if you saw what I saw this morning, you'd realize But 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says that someday the dead in Christ will rise and our corruptible bodies will be changed and we'll put on incorruption. Amen. Our bodies will no longer be broken and prone to sickness and age. There'll be no cancer for us. There'll be no allergies, no sneezing, no problems like that. Come on. There's more change to come in our lives. God's not done. Now, if God's not done, have you ever wondered why he didn't just do it all at one time? Why did he leave my mind to where sometimes I think stupid thoughts? Why didn't he just change that? Why didn't he fix my body where I could just do his work and no problems at all? I wouldn't even need sleep, hallelujah. I could just just go forever. Why do good people get cancer and pass away? Why didn't he just fix it all right there? Can I tell you why? Why? Because the Bible says that we have an excellent treasure in an earthen vessel. Let me tell you what that means. That the Spirit of God lives inside of a broken person. I have a vase at my house that's broken. It's got cracks and a chip out of it, and I keep that vase. You know why? Because that's me. You can still fill it with water and use it, but it's broken. And that's exactly who we are. You see, the reason God left us broken is so that people would see the treasure and not us. Hallelujah. That people would look at God and say, man, if God could do that through Buddy, I know Buddy. I got stories to tell about Buddy and how he's messed up in the past. If you want to hear them, please, Edna, Betty, uh, those who know (laughs) him, they'll they'll tell you some." But look what God did in Buddy. Look what God did in Beth. Look what God did. There's a broken vessel. I can tell you a list of things that I've done wrong. But you know what? It isn't really about me. I'm just a broken vessel. And the excellence is the God that lives in me. You know why God left us this way? So the glory wouldn't be ours, but it would be His. Hallelujah. Hallelujah hallelujah I came to tell somebody today that Jesus is the immeasurable indescribable absolute you cannot comprehend him amazing son of the living God the word became flesh and dwelt among us and the Bible says in John chapter 1 that Jesus made God known to us every person that's created needs God deep in your heart you know you do Even if in your mind you won't admit it, you need God. The problem is, God was so bigger than us, so so immeasurable that we had no concept of God. So Jesus came and became flesh. And he walked around among us. And he showed us God. He made known to us God. He showed us what a person looks like who actually lives out everything that God wanted them to be. Uh, We always talk about how God died for you, and he did. Jesus died for you to take the punishment for your sin. But never lose sight of the fact that he also lived for you. That his perfect life, the fact that he never made a mistake, earned him a name that is above every other name, earned him an inheritance that is everlasting life and goodness and blessing in God, and his perfect life is applied to your account by faith. That means everything he earned. It's like Michael Dell saying, my paycheck this week belongs to all of us. We're just going to share. I'm just going to share all of my paycheck with you. Jesus is saying, everything that I earned in my perfect life, I'm giving to you. Eternal life, eternal blessing, sonship in the Father. Hallelujah. I'm sharing it with you. You know why it's all about Jesus? Because he's the only way. The only truth and the only life we got nice pews here Pastor Santiago's here he's one of the pastors that's coming to focus in this community and, and do what God called him to do and his people to do here and I'm just so thankful for that and we got, we've enjoyed the, the lovely stuff that's been here we've enjoyed our, our fellowships and our time together at the end of it all as good as it's all been and as good as it's going to be It's all about Jesus. It's all about Him. The message is Jesus can save you. Not our church is great. Not our pastor can preach well. Not our singers can sing well. Not that we've got a lot of stuff going on. Not that there's money in the bank. The message is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Can I tell you, I don't care if we preach from the giant building, the largest building in Austin, or if we go to a mobile home. I don't care. I am preaching Jesus because I know this. If the Holy Spirit ever gets inside of you, and if you ever lay yourself out before God, he can do something in you that you've never dreamed possible. Hallelujah.